You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So the sun is burning down here in England, so we have to rip off our sleeves for no apparent reason. And before we do get into some super duper good stuff, I also have to talk about Peacock. Now, again, I'm here in the United Kingdom, so the WW Network, we still have it, was absolutely fine. But it sounds like if you did have to watch Money in the Bank through the Peacock service, well, it absolutely sucked and that should never happen. So I'm taking my finger of blame and I'm wiggling it to you. I don't mean you, the people watching. I mean the people that didn't fix it. Also, because it is the first ups and downs of the week, we have to crown our MVP of the last seven days. And this one isn't even hard. In week one, it gave it to Malachi Black for obvious reasons. And now, my word, Biggie gets MVP of the week because he made me feel things I haven't felt in years. Also, it's my pleasure to tell you that we here at What Culture Wrestling have teamed up with Tops, the only people you need to start talking about when we start chatting about WWE trading cards. You can start collecting them now in the real world like I have done. Look nice and topical. My own money in the bank, which is full of cards. I've got a shiny rock one, which must be worth something because he's the biggest superstar in the world. And there's a bunch more cards in here and you bet your ass that I'm going to be going through them later but if you would rather do this in the digital world you can with the app known as slam attacks and you can download that app right now but also if you are out there in the tops trading card world and you find one of the drew mcintyre hashtag find drew cards you can get in touch with tops on social media and you'll be entered into a prize pot where you could even win a wwe title and there's a boneyard match card that actually has dirt from the match in the card I mean, what madness is this? We too here at One Culture Wrestling will be giving away a load of prizes and free stuff during streams. So a thank you to Tops. It's a pleasure to be working with them, the kings of WWE trading cards. So with all that housekeeping out of the way, let's take the finger of power and give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down for Money in the Bank 2021. And what a flipping terrific ride it was. <laughs> have done really weird things to the Uso storyline. Ever since people have been back in buildings, the Usos kind of just turned up to SmackDown. Then they rolled into Money in the Bank and they beat the Mysterios. And now they're your brand new tag team champions. I tell you why I do like it though, because I think this is going to lead us in somewhat of a new direction and will tie into the family holding all the gold. 
The only sad part about all this is it was happening on the kickoff show. And I never think you should do a title change on the kickoff show. Because as WWE has told us over the years, they don't really care about the kickoff show. Of course, Jimmy and Jay were ass hats too. I mean, they basically both pinned Rey Mysterio and the referee didn't see it. But it was very fun. The fans loved the fact they did see the belts change hands. I'm giving it up. When we got into the main event proper two, we were starting with the women's money in the bank match. And as always, the best thing about all of it was that every single person that walked down that aisle was celebrating and greeted like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're here. And because of that, I now feel like they're bigger stars. Wrestling is nice and simple. It cracked me up during Alexa Bliss's entrance because we were like, oh my God, it's Alexa Bliss, even though she legitimately tried to kill people. But don't worry about that. But it was her taking on Natalia, taking on Tamina. What's that? Nope, there's nobody Mina. Taking on Nikki Ash, taking on Oscar, taking on Naomi, taking on Liv Morgan, and taking on Asuka. Now we do go back to Alexa as well because of course she has voodoo powers. So one of the first things I think she was going to do was use her pocus pocus to make the briefcase unattach itself from the hook and then float its way down into her hands. But thankfully Oscar saw this, ran up to her and just booted her right in the head. Nobody wants to see that shit. Tamina then made sure she ruined Liv Morgan and Zelina Vega, which worked very well for me because it means we can bring down the board and ask, was Tamina meaner than she was the last time we saw her? She was really aggressive here, so we mark it with a yes. I was then in tears though, because as Alexa Bliss and Zelina Vega met on the top of a ladder, Alexa Bliss decided, I'm gonna use my voodoo powers. And she hypnotized her to the point that Zelina Vega started going back down the ladder. Now look, this actually would have been fine if Alexa had kept this going. But I suppose, and I'm making this up, her MP gauge ran out. She didn't have any power left, so she just stopped doing it. I'm sorry, you cannot get away with that. If you want to introduce certain things within to the law of your product and you stick to those things, I'm like, okay, cool, I get it. But when I can pick massive holes, it just falls all down. Gandalf in Lord of the Rings didn't go, well, I could stop Sauron, but I'm not going to, even though I got this magical stick. I'm very sorry it's gonna get a down. It didn't really matter though, because then everybody was being powerbond to ladders. I was like, sheesh, their poor backs. When Naomi decided, well, look, there's Zelina Vega lying on another one. Why don't I pick Liv Morgan up and chuck her not only onto the ladder, but also crush Zelina Vega in the process? So they were dead. Natalia then started climbing the ladder with Zelina on her back, which was very impressive. And finally, at this juncture, everybody else in the match went, look, we need to stop Alexa Bliss. She has Hocus Pocus magic powers coming out of her hands. So they basically took her and they buried her under a bunch of ladders. And that was the last we saw of her. But once again, you could go, well, why aren't you zapping your way out of there? And also you could hear the crowd here too. They love Alexa Bliss, as do I. You just have to knock all the other stuff on the end. Soon after this though, it did kind of just end because everybody had climbed up their own ladder and they were all fighting. So Nikki Ash went, all right, if you're not gonna pay attention to me, I'm gonna climb up a ladder over your heads and I'm just gonna grab a briefcase and nobody tried to stop her. This was a bit like somebody zooming in to get the last piece of cake at a wedding because everybody else was like, man, well, I want that cake, but I guess I guess I have to talk to the bride and groom instead. But I did think this was a very smart choice. I like the character. Don't forget, kids watch pro wrestling and how the hell could they not be into that? Oh my gosh, you're gonna be a superhero. They also did half smash each other to death, though it's getting it up. We are definitely not done with everything between Roman Reigns, Jay and Jimmy Uso though, because then we did go to the back and Roman's like, man, I'm so proud of you. You guys are great, Jay, you especially. But as for you, Jim, you could just smell the tension in the air. So we shall have to keep our eye on it because something is brewing. Especially given what happened at the end of the night. AJ Styles and Omos versus the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team titles were next. 
And who knew, even though AJ and Omos got cheered at WrestleMania, months later, they still getting cheered. I mean, shock horror, but up. I keep seeing people taking shots at my man Omos too, but I think he's great. Sure, his entire gimmick is, look, I'm really tall, and I'm gonna throw you around the place, but not every single wrestler has to be five-star worker, flippy-dippy-doo-dah person. I do like a bit of variety, and look, he just pleases me, what are you gonna do? Also, at one point, he grabbed his friend AJ Styles, chucked him over the top ropes, and because AJ is one of the best professional wrestlers in the history of this earth, he landed on Ivar's shoulders and gave him a hurricane runner to the floor. And I was just looking like, man, we take wrestling for granted these days. How the hell did he do that? Every time Omos was in there too, he was just wrecking everybody, including giving a gorilla press slam to Ivar, which was nuts. And even after they'd hit the Viking experience onto AJ Styles, do you know what Omos did? He pushed Eric into Ivar to break up the pin. Once again, it's just, oh, I'm really tall. I love him, flub you. This also allowed him to hit the big tree slam on Eric, and he pinned him to retain the titles, and I heard cheers in the crowd. And sure, some people are like, well, if he wasn't with AJ Styles right now, he wouldn't be doing very well. He is with AJ Styles, though. Oh, that's all that matters. I just hope that WWE heard the noise, though, and we can actually start turning them a little bit, because everybody wants to cheer. And talking about cheering, or crowds making noise, Drew McIntyre was then here, and I went, ruh -ruh. Now let me make this clear, this man is awesome, he is one of the best in the world right now, but when he did arrive backstage and say, oh, I'm gonna win money in the bank, some people out there in the crowd, well, they did start to boo him. I mean, who the hell boos Drew McIntyre? I was like, fans, who needs him? Get him back out, get me back my cheer.mp3. And his whole point here was, oh, I'm gonna win money in the bank. And when he was in that match later, you didn't really hear much of these jeers. What I think we do need to do Stop have Drew telling these stories. They were cute for a while, but I think they've run their course. I was then torn after this for a little while. Before I got so excited about where it may be leading, I started to do a backflip and I fell on the floor and I hurt my hip because I can't do a backflip. But Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE title, let's go. Now the reaction for Kofi Kingston will put a smile on your face because everybody loves that guy, which was kind of the point. But really the idea here was to turn Bobby Lashley into an even bigger monster than he already was. Because he came to the ring and for around about 10 minutes, he absolutely pulverized our friend known as Kofi Kingston. MVP was being a dick at the start because he grabbed Kofi Kingston's foot to make you go, oh no, it's gonna be like Kofi versus Brock from SmackDown in 2019, but it wasn't. But outside of that, I think maybe Kofi Kingston got one pin in but otherwise, Bob was just killing this man. I mean, he threw him over here, he threw him over there. He gave him three dominators. And even when he applied the Hurt Lock at one point, he's like, no, nah, I'm not done. So he beat him up some more. He didn't change his mind because I think he got bored and actually went, no, I'm going to put the Hurt Lock back on. And this time, Kof had nowhere to go. And I don't know whether he tapped out or the referee just called it. But even the announcers were going, please stop, please stop. Somebody help Kingston. So we made it very clear what we were trying to achieve. The point is this though, later on somebody known as Big E is going to win Money in the Bank and I will save my emotions for that moment because it only seems appropriate. So now WWE has to tell this story. Big E, the best buddy of Kofi Kingston, needs to go to Raw and he needs to not only get revenge for his pal, but he needs to become the WWE Champion. Because not only is that a terrific long-term narrative, but it's also something that will make me feel warm and fuzzy in my tummy. Sometimes in WWE, they don't give us that, and it made me so pumped thinking about it, now I need it. Otherwise, I will set my own expectations, which I've already done, and if I don't get it, I'll be annoyed. And this is gonna be even better too if we are gonna do Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg at SummerSlam, and Lashley also run through Goldberg, the man that used to run through other people. Let's all calm down. I have made this up in my own head, 
but it did make me think that this was a really good piece of business if, if we're building to the future. And I think that we are, so are. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. Controversy continued next as WWE just wants to wind everybody up but it was Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. Let's get something out of the way first, and that is that Charlotte Flair is a terrific professional wrestler. I'm not hearing any more of this crazy rhetoric that comes out of the internet. And if you were starting a wrestling promotion, of course you'd call her or send her a text saying, oh, please come in. She looks like a star built from the ground up. The thing is, that's already true, and it's always going to be true. Whereas Rhea Ripley has all the potential in the world, but you've got to make sure that you're pushing her, and you've got to make sure you build her. So when Charlotte Flair became the Raw Women's Champ, well, I just scratched my bald head a little bit. The best part was the crowd cheered for both of them, and that is how they've been betrayed. They've both been the hero and the villain, but then Charlotte tried to make it clear she doesn't want this because she flipped the fans off. Some people are like, oh, I can't believe she did that. She's a bad guy, you absolute palavers. That's her whole job. I also went back into fantasy booking mode during this because I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe we're going to do Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam, and I don't care when you're building a card. That's going to be marquee. But breaking it right down, this was such an awesome pro wrestling match. I don't even care. And you should go watch it. Because they just kicked each other's ass, including this German suplex from Ripley, where Charlotte landed right on her head. And then she wanted revenge right away. So she gave Rhea the big boot. And I'm pretty sure that was just leather smacking into her face. They then started training and reversing, including Rhea Ripley busting out her power moves when she was able to get Charlotte into this standing suplex. And later on, I think when Ripley was going for the Riptide, Charlotte reversed it into a DDT. Honestly, this was flubbing great. Charlotte also did that moonsault to the outside, which 
always blows my brain because it defies physics. And she was trying to cheat later on by putting her feet on the ropes, but thankfully the ref saw it. But then she hit this natural selection for like a 2.99999. I don't even care, man. I was plugged in. The finish too was pretty brutal and we didn't have any shenanigans because Charlotte took Rhea Ripley's foot and she kind of put it between the ring post and the stairs. And then she ran at the steel and she booted it we were kind of told, oh no, Rhea's broken her ankle. Now the referee just watched this and went, yeah, I think that's fine, so who the hell knows what the rules are. But back in the ring, Charlotte locked in the figure eight. Rhea Ripley had to tap out, and you'd be like, yeah, of course you do. Like I say, the belt changed hands. They can't fault it though, everybody was going crazy afterwards. It was a really, really good match. And as long as we do have a plan for Rhea coming out the other side of this, then good. That's what, once again, wrestling is all about. I'm giving it up. Riddle then went Riddle in front of a live crowd. And I'm really glad he did. The short version is that Riddle, Rick Booz, and Shinsuke Nakamura started playing Randy Orton's theme, the worst version of Randy Orton's theme I've ever heard, on a guitar, and everybody was dancing when we cut to Kevin Owens, who looked like he was so disgusted by this, he was going to throw up. It was really, really entertaining. This also meant the next up was the men's money in the bank match. And it was just excellent. It was just brilliant. It was just good. It was just great. It was just all the positive words you can think of. And now any of them are walking today. I don't know. And it was, of course, to mention Kevin Owens taking on Drew McIntyre, taking on Riddle, taking on Seth Rollins, taking on John Morrison, taking on Big E, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, taking on Ricochet. And even before the bell rang, I was like, this field is too good for the potential not to be anything other than Fabu. And it was flipping Fabu. Rollins and Morrison started by arguing over who had the better drip game. And I laughed because I'm an absolute moron. Riddle didn't appreciate it, so he booted them both in the head. Then Ricochet was doing crazy dives, but that allowed Big E and Drew McIntyre to stand off, because again, they're big man and they wanted to slap some big man meat. Drew got the better of him for a little while before Big E did that crazy spear through the ropes to the outside, but then you cut to Shinsuke Nakamura and Kevin Owens as Shinsuke gave him an exploded smoothplex on the ladder, and this was only the first few minutes of the match. Morrison then corkscrewed off one ladder as Shinsuke Nakamura applied an armbar on top of another ladder, and then Seth Rollins jumped off one ladder and did a flying knee onto somebody else with another ladder as everybody back down below was just getting spanked by ladders. And please remember that being hit by a ladder hurts a lot. I don't think anything is as painful though as Owens being falconed arrowed onto the edge of another ladder courtesy of Seth Rollins and kind of John Morrison and then Riddle was just dropping everybody with RKO's. My word did the crowd love that. McIntyre was then the dude in control and he was just doing these crazy flips because again he is awesome and it actually looked like he was going to win. But then what we predicted was going to happen did happen, because sometimes you just got to walk the obvious path. And out was Veer, out was Shanky, out was Jinder Mahal. They all beat the hell out of him because they didn't appreciate the fact he didn't reply to their messages. They actually dragged him away. So I suppose this is a kidnapping. Somebody needs to phone the police. Ricochet straight afterwards made you forget about that, though, because he did this crazy flip after being pushed off a ladder onto everybody else, where I actually thought about ringing NASA and say, can you please tell me what's happened to Gravity? because this didn't make any sense and then almost instantly after it was bye bye Kevin Owens because we had set up a ladder bridge at ringside so Rollins grabbed Kevin Owens and he powerbombed him from the ring over the top rope through the ladder and that was that what are we doing? How did we get here? Do you remember the wrestling was just like, oh, well, we're going to do a few rounds and we do some grappling? That is gone. This all did build up to the fact, though, that Big E was the last man standing. And as he did start to climb up the ladder, I wanted to believe, but again, it is WWE and sometimes you don't let yourself. But then he grabbed the briefcase, he grabbed the hook, 
He unhooked it, and if you can believe it, Big E is the money in the bank holder. And I made so much noise when I was watching this very early in the morning, I heard this on my wall, which I think was my neighbors telling me to shut the hell up. The fans erupted too, and this was of course the right move, because it made you satisfied. The guy that we all love and the guy that we all want to succeed actually gave us that moment. My word, we have to do everything that I talked about earlier. This was great. It's why it's the easiest up of the night as well. And I just got to keep everything crossed. Then if we don't go with my initial plan, he just becomes world champion in 2021 and 2022. The emotion that he admitted as well, he could so be the biggest baby face in all of WWE. We just got to push him. To the moon. We also had a mammoth tease for what was going to come next as we did cut to the back and there was Seth Rollins walking around going, ah, it's not fair, it's not fair. I should have been in the Universal Championship match anyway. So instead, I will just call dibs between Edge and Roman Reigns. Whoever wins, I shall be next. He wasn't going to live up to that at all. This allowed us to segue into Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Universal title. I just want to say thank you to the fans because your noise made this feel like a super duper mega main event. We booed the villain, we cheered the hero. It was like a roller coaster ride of craziness, and I am giving it up. Edge's concern with trying to wound Roman's arm to begin with, because of course he's obsessed with the crossface now. I was like, Edge, you don't do that to the head of the table. You don't try and take out his eating device. You'll just piss him off. This is why the rated R superstar got Samoan dropped on the outside, and from there, Roman just went to work. And now look, was it a little bit slow? Yes. Was there a very specific pace to it? Yes. But the whole point of that is that this was going to go 30 minutes plus. Or something like that and they wanted to build to this massive crescendo when all of a sudden Edge was fighting back and I thought they pulled it off perfectly. Some idiots were also chanting you can't wrestle at Roman Reigns which is like chanting at me you have wonderful long luscious hair and when Edge did start getting back into this everybody was so up to it and some of the near falls sent people looping. When that didn't work too they spilled to the outside and Roman Reigns went for one spear missed and went crashing through the barricades so that Edge he took a run up and he ran and he speared Roman Reigns through another barricade. And now look I know WWE loves that spot but somehow it works every time. Referee Charles Robinson then proved he was made of paper because Edge basically breathed on him and he fell down like he'd been shot but of course we did that so we could hit the shenanigans button or taking that piece of the broken chair and allowing Roman and Edge both to apply that cross face. They really like making the other guy look stupid. As soon as Edge got the better of this though, out came Jimmy and Jay to try and help their tribal chief and then the Mysterio stopped them so we're not done with that feud. And this was almost like a red herring because straight away afterwards, who would come and boot Edge right in the head and essentially cost him becoming the Universal Champion? Seth Rollins. Now once again, we all predicted this, but this is actually a time that we should have done this nonsense because it's tied into all the teasing and it ties into where we're going. The only real problem I have is that WWE does it all the time, but here they pulled it off wonderfully. He also came back later on to ensure he did a proper distraction, which meant Edge did get speared and he lost after the one, two, three. But I thought the way that all of this was worked, you just got to give it a round of applause. I mean, who didn't enjoy this? Only that one guy on Reddit who refuses to enjoy anything. But it still does count as a distraction finish, whether I liked it or not. So we bring down the board. Hilariously, it rolls up to 78. More importantly than all of this, though, was everything that happened afterwards. Because Roman Reigns got a microphone and said, no, you can't acknowledge me. And then WWE did something they haven't done in ages. Rather than promoting a massive return, they surprised our socks off. And I kind of get it because this person is going to be on Raw now. So they did it in order to get ratings for that. But who cares? I was watching the pay-per-view live. I didn't see it coming. But who ran down in order to confront Mr. Roman? Because they're going to have a match at SummerSlam. 
John Cena. I popped massive in my house, but not as big as this crowd, because honestly, this must have been Stone Cold Steve Austin levels of just craziness. And will absolutely be on Pop Pops of all time next time we do that list. And he didn't even do anything. He just skipped around the ring. Roman looked like he was about to have a heart attack because he couldn't believe it. But how good is this story? Roman Reigns is all about respect. And John Cena has just waddled his way back into WWE and absolutely disrespected him. Cena just smiled the whole time. And this felt huge. It felt genuinely like a moment, which WWE always says. And now, of course, I'm going to watch Raw. I'd watch Raw anyway. But it was so well executed. Even if I was living in Timbuktu and I didn't have a television, I'd find a way to check it out. So not only is that going to get up, but you know what? Between this and Big E doing it and all the other things in between, as a pay-per-view entirety thingamajig, I'm giving it a golden up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.